Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hit a new low when you arrived today. Oh, go on. Have you no awareness of what happened? No, none. Okay, nothing, nothing, nothing <laughs> happened. It's all fine. It's all fine. The fact that last week when I opened, the, when you opened the door, you were only sent me clothes. Like, how are you going to beat that? But you seem to think you have beaten that. By the way, mm. I forget who now, so apologies. But somebody, somebody said on Twitter, mm. why don't you make the tantalising glimpse of Jeff in his boxer shorts mm. the bonus content for Patreon subscribers? I'm a little slightly worried that that will uh, lose us subscribers. So I'm I'm more worried about the overlap with my OnlyFans account. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the new low? Tell me. I'm intrigued. Right. So do you want to describe from your perspective yeah. your arrival today? So I arrived. I rang on the doorbell. Your son opened the door. You shouted down, said you'd be there in a bit. I went and sat in the kitchen. That's what happened. Did you see me when I shouted down? No. Oh, I did not. Okay. Okay. So I made sure to open the door of the room I was in, poke my head around. Yeah. And say I'll be down in a second. But did you have your pants around your ankles? Yeah, I was on, oh! the, to- I was on the toilet when I did that. <laughs> I didn't see you. Yeah, it wasn't that good. That would have been a new low. Mm. Yeah, so um, I can What's only What's going to happen next week? <laughs> I'm not coming. I'm too nervous. <laughs> Uh, I thought I'd start this week with a uh, with, with a follow up to something that cropped up on the podcast a while ago. Oh, okay. Now I mentioned that I take my son for a, a, a particular specialist appointment every Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I also mentioned that in the waiting room while he's in having his appointment, I have got myself into this terrible situation where I'm making forty five minutes small talk mm. with um, with one of the other parents. Yeah. Furthermore, and I mean, this isn't the biggest part of it, but I, I always tended to use that time to do some work. So I've always got my computer and my headphones with me, and that's what I would use it for. But now I've got myself into this situation where I, I just have to talk. Yeah. We arrive this week. We go down the stairs. This parent is in the waiting room. My son looks at her and says, don't talk to my daddy when he's trying to do his work on his computer. Oh, no. What? <laughs> so either he's been listening to this podcast. No, that's not, they can't have been. Or um, uh, or he's, he's overheard me talking about it to yes, Sarah. that's what's happened, yeah. So it's just excru- it's an excruciating situation. It's horrendous. Now, maybe if I was a different kind of person, that would have been the great reset that I've been hoping for. No. But what, what did I do instead? I don't know. Tell me. Overcompensated so much conversationally while he was in his appointment and sort of threw him under the bus a bit saying, I don't know what's going on. He's becoming very attached to me. He said the same thing to a taxi driver. He said, stop talking to my daddy. I think it's because I've been working away a bit. I think he's getting very possessive. So even if she was the sort of person 
who would I don't know if take a hint is the right word when mm. it's blurted out that loudly. Yeah, yeah. But even if she's not the person who would have considered that and then thought. I'm, I'm going to back off a bit here. Yeah, yeah. I have now completely undermined that to the extent that there will never be another day when I can get any work done in those 45 minutes. No chance. And there will be lots and lots and lots and lots of small talk. That's it now. Yeah. Ruined. So the, the other thing um, is because of the time of that appointment and because um, because of where it is and then having to get my son back, to school mm. we take a taxi back mm-hmm. now i was on um national radio for 18 years i have these you know relatively popular podcasts i've been knocking about a long time mm-hmm. if i was to go into a busy london pub during a, a sunday lunch serving mm. how many times do you think somebody's coming up and, and recognizing me and saying oh I, I used to listen to you on the radio or oh i enjoy your podcast or whatever how often do you think that happens oh, I've- well, I'm worried now I'm going to underestimate it, but I'd say like once, maybe twice. In in what time frame? In a, in one visit, like a right. few hours. It happens once or twice a year. Oh, okay, okay. Right, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, it happens a lot. And no. I didn't want to be the one to be like, Once or twice a year right, okay. in a good year. Okay, okay, okay. If I am in a black taxi, mm. 80% of drivers. Oh, so much higher. Okay, okay. So so I th- I think we were very popular with um, drivers of the black cabs. Yes, must have been, yeah. As it turns out. I don't know if many have migrated over to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, the point being that whenever I get in a taxi with my son, not whenever, but eight out of ten times I get in a taxi with my son, at some point the driver will come on the intercom and say, can I just ask? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then start talking to me about the radio. Right. This, again, has seeped in with my son. So the other day he says to, to me, he says, Dad, are you famous? <laughs> I said, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not famous. I'm really not. Mm. He said, but how, how do people know you from the radio? I said, oh, it was just a job that I had where, you know, I was on the radio for a long time. A lot of people, I guess, would have heard it, so they, they know me from that. So he says, are you radio famous? So I said, not really. But he says, if people know you from the radio, then that's radio famous, hmm. isn't it? So, well, a bit, but I mean, only, only such a tiny bit. Hmm. Here's my big fear now. Yeah. What's going to happen? He's going to get in the, in the taxi and say, my dad's radio famous. And he's going to be going into school saying, my oh. dad's radio famous. Oh, my dad's fa- Yeah. Oh, no. And like you've been saying it. Yeah, I'm radio well, famous. Because that's what son. it would sound like, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it would. It'd sound like uh, this, this man who doesn't have much of a career anymore, trying to convince himself by telling his five-year-old that he's radio famous. How would you handle it? Just have to keep saying, no, I'm not not famous. I'm not famous. You would really downplay your whole career so he thinks that you've been something of a failure all your life, just so there's never that embarrassing moment when someone thinks you've got too big for your boots. I mean, I have to say that is fairly much where I'm at with my self-esteem anyway, (laughs) so so that shouldn't be too much of a stretch. Right, let's uh, let's crack on with hearing from drifters. Before we do, hmm. um, I noticed one of those associations that I've got oh, yeah. that's been stuck in my head for, I'd say, since 1995. Okay, right. What is my favourite... Uh, what, what, what is my favourite type of food? Indian food. Right, so um, because of that, mango chutney is something I will say or order or eat with some frequency. Mm-hmm. In 1995, when I was working on local radio, um, a local band, who never amounted to anything, sent in a demo tape. Mm-hmm. One of the tracks on that demo tape that I remember listening to, and possibly not even ever playing on the radio, was called Mango Chutney, Woman Go Crazy. <laughs> and and whenever I think about Mango Chutney, oh. or in fact Mango Lassie. Really? Yeah, I think about Mango Chutney... Woman go crazy every single time. Famous with track names like that. They really should. They were called Shep. Shep after they blew Peter Dog. Nice name as well. So um, yeah, that occurred to me last night. I I must tell Annabelle and the Drifters Mm -hmm. that. So first one's from Sam, who says, two years ago I broke my ankle. As a result, I had to wear one of those moon boots which have inflated pads inside. In order to check that the pads don't cause blood clots, after a few weeks, I was sent for an MRI scan on my lower leg. How are you spelling that? (laughs) Also, I thought, 
As I was getting scanned on my lower leg, I planned my attire accordingly, wearing very loose-fitting boxes and some loose-fitting tracksuit bottoms so that I'd be able to roll my trouser leg up when I had to go in for the scan. The day of the scan arrives and my mum takes me to the local hospital. After waiting a short time, I'm taken into the scan room and the nurse asks me to take my trousers off and get onto the bed as she explains I will be having my whole leg scanned from top to bottom. I clamber onto the bed after having complied with her request. The nurse then asks me to turn onto my side. Not giving it too much thought, I turn to my right and to my horror, I can feel a testicle make a break for freedom. Oh no! The loose-fitting boxers do nothing to conceal my modesty and the rogue gonad makes it out into the fresh air. (laughs) At this point, I blush, apologise to the poor nurse who is now in closer proximity to my genitals than I presume is comfortable for either of us and I sort of cup the offending testicle to cover myself up. The nurse tells me not to worry, they've seen all sorts. After an uncomfortable five minutes or so, the scan is over. I put my tracksuit trousers on and scurry out of the room, never wearing loose-fitting boxers ever again. Have you made that up to warm me off wearing those boxer shorts ever again? (laughs) Yeah, I just I wrote that myself, yeah, yeah, as a warning to you. Did you have something to... I just can't believe he, he mentioned it. I just think I couldn't... I just couldn't even bring myself to say the word. So, sorry about the rogue testicle. No, no. It'd be like this thing hanging in the air, perhaps literally between the two of yes. us. Yes. Oh, yeah. dear. And this is from Mark. As a drifter living in Australia, a land of extroverts, driftery danger lurks around every corner. I've worked as a teacher at a school here for about 10 years now since emigrating from the UK and my colleagues are lovely on the whole. It's a prestigious school with some staff who have been there for decades and it's very different to where I went to school and the London state schools I worked in before and this means I'm dealing with many well-to-do, hyper-confident extroverts which exasperates the voice in my head that nags away as incidents like the one I'm about to tell you resurface on a daily basis. I am lucky as the school has very nice, well-equipped premises and one of the innovations in our newer buildings is energy-saving technology. This includes lights with motion sensors to avoid waste. This technology is used in classrooms, corridors and even the staff toilets. It can be a little frustrating at times as the lights switch off when the students are completing an assessment or you have to make an over-elaborate movement as you enter a room to trigger the sensor. But you can reconcile that with the ecological good for the planet and cost-saving for the school. Typically, the light sensors take a couple of seconds to blink on with a couple of audible clicks before a flash and then full fluorescent tube strip lighting fills the room. One refuge for drifters who use the male toilets, however, is or at least should be the urinals. They are a great leveller as all men seem to take the same approach of silently staring down while they complete their business with only a nod or a high at the wash basin or hand dryer to be negotiated if you bump into an acquaintance or colleague. Or so I thought. On the fateful day, I nipped into the gents' toilet between classes to relieve myself. There are two rooms, the first communal area with a wash basin and hand dryer and the second with urinals and a toilet cubicle and there is a light sensor in each room. Fast approaching 40 and typically taking a cup of tea into each lesson, my trips to the loo between classes tend to be somewhat urgent these days. <laughs> On this occasion, it was mission critical. I pushed open the first door and the light in the first room blinked on. I ploughed into the second, opening the door and light from the first room illuminated the second and I rushed towards the urinal, undoing my fly as I travelled. Safe the knowledge that I was alone in the room and I edged closer to the urinal. It was at this point that the connecting door to the first room closed, leaving me in pitch black darkness. I continued towards the lavatory, thinking the lights would blink on at any moment, but nothing happened. By this time, I was confident that I was right next to the urinal and had already started the launch activation sequence (laughs) before using it. There was no going back, lights or no lights. What happened next makes me blush as I type this email and haunts me every time I use the toilet at work. I continue to let nature take its course, pointing towards where the urinal should be while trying to get the whole dirty business over and done with so I could get out of there quickly. (laughs) It was at that point I heard the first door to the toilets open. I couldn't stop as I was still midstream and I had to keep going. Soon a colleague would come in and find me lurking in a pitch black toilet. In my head I rehearsed what I was going to say. I thought I would style it out with some self-effusive humour, laughing at my own incompetence. I thought it would be better to be some sort of calamitous Hugh Grant type Brit rather than a weirdo lurking in the toilets. And I intended to say, 
I've been hoping someone would come in and trip the light sensor. However, as light filled the room and, and the entrant flicked the switch to turn on the light sensor, and I simultaneously looked over my shoulder to see the assistant principal, whilst realising that I was urinating up the wall beside uh, the urinal, uh, uh. and something in my brain failed me. I, I said to my stony-faced superior, I've been hoping you would come in. <laughs> creepy echo of the tiled room as I said this and the puddle of urine pooling at my feet all dawned on me in one excruciating sucker punch. <laughs> he just looked at me with a mix of sadness and disgust <laughs> and said in his effortlessly easygoing Aussie accent, I'll give you a minute to sort yourself out. And he turned on his heels and, and strode out. <laughs> I can't remember how I cleaned myself up the room and then got myself to class to teach. This is all a bit of a blur. But the horror still <laughs> returns every time we are face to face in a meeting or, worse still, <sighs> that toilet. Oh, that's extraordinary. I feel slightly to blame for that. Why? Haven't I said in the past that if anybody walked in on me in the toilet, I've always meant to say, I've been expecting oh. you. Maybe or that I've been sunk waiting in. For you Maybe that sunk on in. On some subliminal yes. level. So while he's winging up against the wall, oh, not God. near the urinal, in the dark. Oh, God. It's the worst. I mean, what they what, what must be said Can't about him behind his back? Can't believe he's still got back. a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, well, why isn't he left? <laughs> yeah. uh, the shame of yes. it. The shame. Wow. Oh, that's just tremendous. Mm. I think as far as um, countries go, mm. I think Australia might be the most difficult country to be a drifter. If Finland is probably the easiest or the most normal. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Be interested to hear Drifter's thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is just extraordinary. A friend of mine said the other night to me, um, we, we were at the urinals at the same time, and he kept, kept going for much longer than I did. And he, he was saying that nothing, he's not a particularly uh, quote-unquote manly man, hmm. but he's saying nothing makes him feel feel more superior to another man than if he is urinating and somebody comes and uses a urinal next to him and they start and finish while he is still going. Oh, he loves having a long, continuous stream. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? I don't know because I, re- <laughs> I related to that straight away. I thought, yeah, I'd really feel like I beat that guy. Why? But all it means is that you had a very full bladder. Yeah, that's all it means. Yeah. Or that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's slowed to a trickle. Yeah, yeah. How funny. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that was uh, that was tremendous. Thank mm, you. Mm. Who was that from again? That was from Mark. Mark. And uh, if you have a story, we would love to hear from you, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. I recently got the email that I realised that I'd, without realising, been waiting for my whole adult life. It was an email from my old secondary school asking me to come and do a speech to the upper sixth form, the year 12. Here's what followed in my head. Firstly, pure joy. Because surely one definition of success is being asked to return to your old school. It's an, it's an example to inspire, to aspire to. Then it starts to feel a bit weird that it's come at a time when success-wise, it could be argued that I'm currently in something of a trough. <laughs> That's not to say that peaks are coming, the biggest peaks of all. I like to live my life in blind optimism. But, you know, maybe <laughs> I could have expected this email 10 years ago when I won that radio award, for example. So then I start thinking, oh, God, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be so disappointing to the students. I'm a nobody nothing. And I look at a list of my school's notable alumni on Wikipedia to see who I'm a poor substitute for. <laughs> the bootstrap cook, Jack Monroe. Oh, really? Yeah. Jane Root, controller of BBC Two and the first ever female channel controller at the BBC. Natalie Emmanuel from Hollyoaks, better known as that girl from Game of Thrones, Miss Andai. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Very familiar with her yes. work. Yes. Even my own dad, when I told him that I'd been asked to do this speech, said, oh, how did you find out about that? Like I'd won a competition to do it. <laughs> I said, they asked me, dad. I didn't ask them. 
And it starts to feel ridiculous because, you know, what is success? Why me? Like I've got school friends who are doctors, partners in law, law firms, psychologists, teachers. My friend Steph designed Wembley Stadium, kind of, uh, in that she once made a prop for a TV show of an architect's model of a stadium. And she did one with a big arch. And a short time later, they unveiled the new Wembley Stadium. What was the TV show out of interest? It's that one with David Baddiel, that sitcom. Can't remember. Hmm. Was it David Baddiel? I think so. Anyway. I'm not successful. I haven't even got a pension. <laughs> and then I think about how long ago I left school. I was there from 1986 to 1993. So this would be like me being in year 12 in 1993 and someone coming to give a talk who'd attended between 1958 to 1965. <laughs> they would have seemed like the oldest person in the world ever. I would have thought, hmm, why have they got this old fuddy-duddying? Because we said words like fuddy-duddy in 1993. <laughs> And I'm also remembering back to a challenge that you once set me on the radio show and you challenged me to get something named after me. And I know that I tried to get my old school to get a newly built wing named after me. And I couldn't remember it all. So I looked up what I'd said and what I'd done was I'd rung up and I'd spoken to the business manager and I suggested they call the new wing Annabelle Port Wing. <laughs> and he'd said, sorry to sound a bit mercenary, but of what benefit is this to us? And I then sunk really low and said in desperation, but I'm Annabelle Port. I'm on the school Wikipedia page. And the man said, right, that's not something I go on. And I said, well, you should. I'm there. And a girl from Hollyoaks. And he went, oh, yes, Natalie Emmanuel. I know her. <laughs> but you don't know me, I said. And he said, no, I'm afraid not. And that was the end of it. And then listening back to this, I actually started getting quite annoyed. There were actually only eight people on the notable past pupils on Wikipedia. Why didn't they ask me sooner? I left 28 <laughs> years ago. I've gone from feeling embarrassed that they'd asked someone so lowly as me to feeling outraged that they hadn't asked me sooner. And then I get another email from the school saying it's not just me doing the speech, but another past pupil who is the teacher, head teacher of a local primary school. But I won't know her because she left much more recently. Why did she get fast-tracked? <laughs> and am I, in these COVID times, the backup speaker in case she drops out? And then they'll just have two speakers if she doesn't. They never had two speakers when I was there. And then I'm remembering I actually got this first email just four weeks before the actual date. That's kind of short notice. Does someone back out? Anyway, I'm doing it. I said yes straight away, figuring I'll panic about it close to the time, which is what I'm doing now, because I'm doing it this Wednesday morning. And I'll update you on what happened next week. Cliffhanger! Yeah. Oh, this is very exciting. So have you got it planned out? I've started to make a few notes, yeah, for my speech. Are you using slides? Slides? <laughs> no, it's not using slides, no. Puppets? Props? No, no. You're suggesting I use puppets? Some Something to pull focus a little no. bit away from you. <laughs> okay. I'll have a thing. exciting. Yeah. So, so just to be clear... Mm. Her theory is that that there's an there's the architect who has won the commission to build <laughs> Wembley Stadium just happened to be watching this sitcom and he's he's in a panic he thinks what am I going to do <laughs> yeah and then he watches and you know I'm a fan of David Baddiel but I, d I don't believe it was uh, yeah it was maybe not the biggest audience of anything he's ever done his sitcom was it. Not that, not that. I don't. Maybe not his greatest moment. I don't know. I've I'm not saying I in terms of quality. It. I don't. I, yeah, I, don't I don't think many people is. But but this this guy is. He's watching him. He's flicking through the channels. He thinks, mm. oh, what is that? that is, what is that there in the background good, of that set? An arch over the t an arch. I never thought of an arch. Nobody's really watching this show. Mm, I can know. get away with it. I'll draw that on my. I'm imagining it was quite a prestigious architect. I've also gendered him as a man, which I feel terrible <laughs> oh, about. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I need to do some. I need to look at myself. Yeah, you do yeah. about that. Yeah. So he he then mm. quickly because this would have been in the days this would have been the days before you could pause live television before Sky yeah, Plus I guess so yeah so <laughs> he would have had to wait for it to be repeated well no he just got the idea for me he thought an arch oh, that's a great idea an arch mm. so is your friend to just to be, is she mm. claiming to have invented the arch because <laughs> I was in uh, I was in the British Museum earlier. <laughs> Well, I seem to recall seeing some frescoes. She's claiming to have invented a stadium arch. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm sure. I mean, it just sounds right. It yeah. just, just sounds that's, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what happened. Yeah. 
So why isn't maybe she probably to be honest? All those people I mentioned, all the psychologists, they've probably all done this the leave of speech already, the school speech, and I'm the last one to do it. They just haven't told me yet. She's probably already done the speech and talked about the moment <laughs> when she realised that they'd stolen her architect's model drawing to create Wembley Stadium. There were no notable people from my school. None. I don't think so. Mm. And then it got demolished, so I can't go back and do a speech anyway. That's why you've not done yours. Makes well, sense I'm sure there are now. a number of other reasons. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, good. Well, we, uh, we'll get an update on how that goes next week. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A few little driftery moments from my last week, if you like them. Yes, please. One happened earlier today. I went to a restaurant with my wife and my son, an Italian restaurant. My wife asked for some salt. The guy brought over some Diet Coke. Right. Well, instead of salt? Yeah. Okay. And he said, oh, here's your soda. Oh. So it became apparent that he had misheard the word salt as soda. Okay. And he just picked any random soda. That's very weird. Well, I'd already got a Diet Coke on uh, the table. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> And I just thought, rather than try and explain what had happened in the form of a complaint, mm. I'm just going to pay for it. I didn't drink it. Oh, and you had very unsalted food, I imagine, then, yeah. But tr- trying to say, oh, just, just so you know, I oh. ordered, uh, we asked for some salt and you bro- brought a Diet Coke. Yeah. I think possibly he heard it as soda. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it's too, it's too much to try and explain. I'd rather, I'd pay up to five pounds for <laughs> yeah, a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to three. explain it, yeah. Okay, that's, the, uh, that's uh, the, the, the first thing. And then on Friday night, I, um, I wonder if I've cut that whole story. No, no. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. I think there's like a sort of slight cleanery. No, someone. No, I like the idea. No, I like it. Okay. Yeah. It's true, but I mean, I didn't. Um, and then on Friday night, mm-hmm. I went out again. Whoa. And I went out to a pop concert. Which one? Went to see the Leisure Society. <gasps> I love the yeah, Leisure no, Society. I know. This is why I, partly why I mention it. Oh. Um, they're a wonderful indie band who. I mean, they're just lovely without being twee. Mm. Great melodies, great harmonies, beautiful instrumentation. Like they'll often use flutes and uh, strings and stuff on their uh, on their music. And it was a really special night at the Union Chapel. Oh, lovely! Now, I would describe myself as uh, as a, as a well wisher of the Leisure Society r- rather than somebody who knows every song and every album. Yeah, I was just thinking I couldn't actually think of a name of a song. That's like saying I love them. So yeah, so the same thing. Right. Whereas my friend, I think, is a fan to the extent that he would know every song on every album and he bought tickets and invited uh, okay. me along, okay, yeah. which I then felt put me in a strange position mm. because I didn't want to, I didn't quite want to come out and say, oh yeah, society, I feel warmly towards them, but I don't know, I don't know how many of the songs I could hum. Mm-hmm. So uh, perhaps without saying it, it implied I was uh, a, more of a fan than I am. Mm. And then I got really paranoid about him seeing that I wasn't mouthing along with the words. Oh. Yeah, So yeah. I spent the whole gig just trying to make sure that my head was out of his peripheral vision. Oh. And then what I also tried not to do was go, go too wild when it was the really well-known ones that they played oh. on the radio. <laughs> because that would have been a big sign as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just knew the hits. There yeah. was also, though, I d- there, was, there was a song with a false ending where I clapped too oh, soon. Oh, you blew it. I know. All that hard work I know. you blew it at the end. So sorry for you. I know. Um, but it was, it was just wonderful. It's the first time I've been to a gig since before the pandemic. Mm. And it was in the Union Chapel in London, in Islington, which is this great... Um, I was going to say deconsecrated, but it's not. It's still consecrated, I think, church. Okay. And I know this because um, we went out for dinner beforehand and then I said, oh, I'll, I'll get you a drink. So I, I went to the bar to get him a drink. And then when I got to the bar, there was a sign up saying no alcohol allowed back inside the church. It was in an adjacent building. 
And then I texted him and I thought he thought I was lying. <laughs> I didn't want to buy him a drink. <laughs> so then I, um, I, I took a picture of the sign and sent it to him as proof. Right. And I think that was probably a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was the... That, that that was my failure, but I had a great victory early in the evening. Oh, yeah. I had just one of my great conversational moments mm-hmm. of the past, I'd say, decade. Okay, yeah. You know, I think different people have different roles that they fulfil to their friends. Mm-hmm. And I think I am the friend to whom anybody can talk about bowel movements. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he he was talking to me about the fact that he is generally quite a regimented um, a defecator. Okay. Goes at nine o'clock, between nine and ten every morning. <laughs> okay. All done. And this tends to be while he's still at home. Right, okay. And then he goes out into the world. Um, and he's not one of these people with hang-ups about doing it somewhere else, but mm. th- that's how he likes to do it. Okay. And he's extremely regimented. It's, it never goes past ten o'clock. Okay. You were saying the other day, something terrible happened. He just needed to go about four in the afternoon. Oh, right. And he went. He was at work. He was in an office. I was saying what a weird feeling that, as I always feel, that you can go into a room and do something so horrible and then be out talking to somebody about (laughs) a minor work thing with it just seconds later. Something so disgusting. Just look what what you've been doing in there. Mm. Yeah, debasing yourself in that way. (laughs) Right. And then just like talking to somebody about... uh, about what was on telly last night a few seconds later. So it's a way it's a weird thing. You're someone I think of as having this like a very healthy attitude towards No, this I process, am, I am. It? So I don't but then but but then when you stop to think about it. Yeah, you're right. It it's is disgusting. strange. Yeah. Anyway. So he's telling me about this and he's telling me that he is worried because he's worried that his whole system is off now. Oh. Because he's now gone at four o'clock. Mm. Which means it'll be twenty four hours until his next one, which will be four o'clock the next day. Oh, it's like jet lag, jet lag poo. Yeah, this, this yeah. was my great moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Listen to this. I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I said, <laughs> I, put, I, t- I took pause. Yeah, and I went, oh, you've got shit lag. Oh, so good, <laughs> so good. And I've, I've invented, I've invented a new word. That's why you're better than me. Yeah, I, I, I got to jet lag. You went one further and had shit lag. Yeah. Oh, so good. Thank you. Mm. So, um. I've now, um, I've now recommended that one because the easiest thing to do mm. would be to to, to keep um, trying to go an hour earlier every day, a bit like with jet lag, mm. until you get back to ten o'clock. Right. But here's the problem: mm. if he's out working in an office during the day, he actually needs to go the other way, so he needs to delay it by an hour every day. Yeah, but then I'll be going throughout the night. Yes, set an alarm. <laughs> this is what I've recommended to him. Have you ever had any feedback on what's been going on? Like, did he was the next day okay? Like, we're all desperate to know. I'm sure. I'll, t- I'll try and find out for next week. I would, could you? Because I would imagine they'll just go back to normal the next day. But yeah, please, please keep us updated. Okay, I'll, Thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll do that. Thank you. Quandary corner at the Glatt Clinic here in Problematic Annabelle. Okay, something a little bit different this week. Going to start. We've got one. Problem. Okay. Two solutions. Oh. I don't want you to get paranoid and think that people are thinking that our solutions have been so terrible of late they're starting to have to like write in with their own. Sure, it's not that, but we have two good ones I want to tell you first and then we'll move on to today's problem. Okay. 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 So the first one is from, and you'll be very happy to hear this name again Field Marshal Ramesses de Souza. Oh, Ramesses Colossus. Yeah. He says, and this is one from a couple of weeks ago, hearing the story of the drifter who didn't know their neighbour's name after 10 years, I may have a potential solution for other similar situations. As described, it applies only to neighbours, but with some modification could be extended to other acquaintances too. You will need a friend or out-of-town family member who is in on the scheme. Get them to bring a package for you and tell them to leave it with the the mystery neighbour. Upon doing so, have your accomplice ask for the neighbour's name, saying something like, oh, can I take your name so that I can tell, drifter's name here, that I've left this with you. Go go one step better. They could... uh, get a van, hire a van, spray paint it with DHL, get a whole DHL uniform just to make it a bit more convincing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. already thinking that. Oh, right, I mean, right, right. I don't right. know. I, I thought there has to be mm. some kind of courier yeah. uniform, vehicle. Mm. The package itself has to be convincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
There might also be a way of doing that where you would just bribe an actual DHL man uh, or woman. Yes. Done it again. <laughs> we do exist, Jeff, us women in the world. <laughs> this is from Imperial Mrs. Rebecca. As I eagerly await the potential secret hairdresser episode of Adrift, I have taken one for the team and contacted my hairdressing salon about something. I love my hairdresser, but she is not as experienced as other staff in the salon. I want to try someone new. So I created a new email address with a fake name and emailed the salon. I wrote, hi there. I'm a client and I love the salon and staff so much. I really love my stylists. They are great. But I feel now is the time to start seeing someone more experienced. What is the etiquette of switching stylists in the same salon? Is it just a big no-no? Sorry if this is a weird question. Here is the answer she got. I understand the predicament that you're in, but there is nothing to worry about when it comes to changing stylist. We all work as a team here and are just happy to see that you are still coming to the salon. Many clients see multiple stylists at different times over the years. I hope this helps. Well, aren't they a bunch of hippies? <laughs> a bunch of free love hippies. A bit of me thinks it doesn't help because I think they're just lying and that the, the, the stylist does feel hurt. And just because that's that, that, that salon works as a team. Mm-mm. Is there any guarantee that they all do? Yeah. Or is there an oppressive boss who is saying, if anybody asks you, tell them we're a team. <laughs> we're a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, we'll have to do our secret hairdresser soon, then we can find out the we truth. Do have to, we do have to do that soon. Um, how many, though? Like, how often do you have one of those couriers from Amazon or whatever, and it's not a man? Um, I would say... 80% of the time it's a man. That that low? 80%, yeah. Why do you hire for you? So I'm not talking about people who uh, work for the post office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Hermes. Hermes. DHL. Funny you should mention that. Hermes is the most female one. I find that Amazon, DHL, that other one, I can't remember what it's called, they're quite male, but Hermes is quite female. I have never, I, I genuinely think I have never had a female courier from one of those places. Oh, interesting. And I was just thinking why that might be. Hmm. Just because they're so overworked and under such pressure that they're they're often like peeing in bottles. I think that's more difficult to do if you're a woman. Oh, they need a she she wee, yes. yeah, a little funnel. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, you feel a bit better about it all now. No, I feel bad. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad. You shouldn't do. You shouldn't yeah. do. I feel like I should associate men and women uh, equally with um, with with that job. Mm. Sorry, I'm a real downer on that job after seeing that the the most recent Ken Loach film. Have you seen it? Oh, it's so good. It's film. a brilliant film, yeah, yeah. but it's oh, I finally watched that film that I've been meaning to. Do you remember me saying I uh, I've been meaning to watch this film called Another Round, this oh, Danish film? Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Loved it, and the 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 ending is is tremendous. Okay, yeah, great. really loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we move on to? And the next? vomiting is just in the first minute. Oh, fine. Mm. So that was easily. Sorted, I didn't watch it with Sarah, but if uh, she wants to do it, yeah, I can. I can now rewatch it and say, easy. "Let's skip the first minute." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the problem for this week. It's from Rebecca. I've been trying to figure out for weeks how to even explain this quandary. I hope it doesn't sound too complicated. I should also point out that she mentioned something called a birthing robe. What do you think a birthing robe is? Um, I imagine. It's some kind of hospital maternity wear. You're imagining, right. It's something that is, it looks like kind of sort of slinky, kind of nighty, but it's been specially designed for birth. I don't think we have them here. I'd never, I'd never heard of it before. Do you need one or not? Uh, do you, do you need, need one? No, no. You're asking on, from the eyes and ears of my website. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say no, because at the moment I arrived at the hospital, they put me in a hospital gown. So I would say no. You should get them on your website. And also you get a lot of, blood on it yeah so well, be the, ruined yes yeah, so th- this, this is what i was thinking but what i'm saying is if we don't have them here so much and mm. I'm, um, I'm presuming this is a a letter from somebody out of the uk mm. is it i think so, I think so. Yeah. anyway you could you could get that on your website nobody else has got them oh right yeah but then i'd be selling something that no one really needs or uses yeah but th- that's not the point even <laughs> if out of the like millions of people who have babies well, i don't know what it is the hundreds of thousands of <laughs> my website it's that you shouldn't have too much stuff. It's just what you need. There's always going to be someone somewhere who wants something they don't need, though. Yeah, true. Because they've seen it on telly or heard. Okay, you know, I'm sold. You could be the one place that sells them. Okay. Corner of the market. I'll get them manufactured, <laughs> made up. You know, don't, 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 you're not get, 
I'll yeah. be visiting factories in China before you know it. Like <laughs> birthing robes dot big cartel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's the situation. Concentrate. Mm-hmm. Person A. Could you tell I wasn't concentrating? <laughs> Person A yeah. finds a birthing robe on Instagram, but it's sold out. Mm. Person A tells person B about it. Mm. Person B knows me, Rebecca. I sew and can make patterns. She asks if I could make it. This is where it gets a little bit weird for me. Neither of these persons are pregnant, but both are trying to get pregnant. That's a bit weird to me anyway. Mm. I tell person B I can make the robe for them. Person B tells me that once she's pregnant, she'll buy the fabric and send it to me and then I can make the robe. So times goes by. Person A gets pregnant. And then about a month or two later, person B gets pregnant. I only hear about person A through person B. I have two problems to solve. The second one is more important. A couple of weeks ago, person B texted me to say she can't afford the robe after all because of some unexpected expenses and Christmas coming up. In my humble opinion, person B's family come off as pretty well off. Then she invites me to her baby shower. I feel like she is subliminally asking me to make her the robe for free and give it to her as a gift. I don't want to do that. No. And is it 100% me reading into things? I don't know. What do you think? Second problem. I don't have any contact information for person B. I don't even know her name. And I'm pretty pretty sure she still wants a robe. But how do I text person B to get it? Or should I? It feels very awkward. Well, firstly, with the baby shower thing, I think it's it's, it's very possibly a hint and it's that totally. is not to be indulged, not to be indulged. It's totally a hint. I, I would, whatever gift you would normally get, subtract 20% of the value of it and get something 20% cheaper. Oh, she's as, being punished. Yes. Wow. Pun- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, wow, firm. And then won't person... Baby at the day, but at the baby shower. No, the, no, the, she's going to person B's baby shower. Person A, she's going, oh, she sorry. So th- th- then, won't person A be at the baby shower? Cause mm, oh, maybe. Both friends off. Yes, yes. I tell you what, I really miss is the early days of email when people didn't know about BCC. Oh uh, yeah. So you get the e- email invitation, then you could look at everybody else's yeah, email. See, else is going. Yeah. yeah. GDPR. I don't know if it's GDPR that's caused the problem here. but um... So that's a good point. I don't think Rebecca's considered the fact that person A may be at the baby shower and then she can say, oh, do you want to have one made still? Here's the thing. So so person A, though, presumably is still going to have to pay for the same thing. Hmm. So Rebecca's on the hustle here. She's yeah. on the make. She's trying yeah. to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a business person, hmm. but for me... The the approaching her, reminding her, saying, hey, she still want that thing made, feels a bit too much like a hard sell. Mm. And she cannot possibly ask person B if person A still wants it and can she have her contact details? I Do you know what? I, sh- I would. Maybe I would. I would. Yeah, I've just realised why. Okay, okay. She? Person so, B has said, yeah. oh, I can't afford yeah. it. But she could say, yeah. oh, I know you can't afford yeah. it at the moment. But yeah. do you know if person A still wants yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So here's what you do. You, you say that. To person B, mm. and then you only subtract 10%. Of what you <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, there we go. problem solved. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Do come back next week to hear how Annabelle got on at her old school. Very exciting. Can I come? Oh, no, no. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to, to hearing about uh, what a soul-destroying experience that will turn out to be. Which it will be, of course, yeah. There'll be some humiliation, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 for, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, We'd love to hear from you. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, a solution to somebody else's quandary that you think we have failed to address uh, properly, or uh, it's a story of social inaptitude, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to the man in the echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I'll finish this week by saying, uh, ah, I've been hoping you'd come in.
Podication time. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is the latest installment in a Podication soap opera. Kind of, yeah. Comes from Gadders, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Or it should more accurately be, Good day. I am mm. writing to send a podication to a special colleague of mine who I have worked with for six years. I'm still working for the same company, but will be moving away to a new location a couple of hours away. Deja vu. <laughs> Therefore, a podication seems like part of the perfect parting gift, as he is the one who introduced me to your fine podcast a few years ago and about crossed out fine because we usually redact anything that could be I took resembled it, as a compliment but my, I, I, I took it as lukewarm praise yeah my confidence is obviously so different to yours because i thought you're fine podcast that's how i read it though initially resistant after downloading a few episodes they sat redundant and neglected in my phone for weeks but once i really gave them the attention they deserve i realized how accurate they were to my life and how oh. much i could relate Oh, initially resistant. Yeah. How do we get over that? Sat there, lonely, in a podcast app. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Is what we mean. We we are we are um that's our only hope really, isn't it, with mm -hmm. new listeners? Yeah. Um right. Knowing there was a fellow drifter in my office was highly reassuring that all my neurosis was not only legitimate, but we're also shared by others, let alone the opportunity for in-jokes that leave our fellow office users flummoxed. This colleague, who shall remain nameless, but he'll know who he is, is the main reason I'm still working at this particular company. He'd only been my workmate for two weeks when my dad died suddenly. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'd just moved to the other side of the world, yet when I returned after the funeral, the support and compassion shown was incredible. Despite being a true drifter and initially highly resistant to his attempts at banter and friendship, said colleagues' shared sense of humour, empathy and kindness meant that he wormed his way in and has become a significant ally and as much as it pains me to say it, yes, a friend. Thank you for persevering when I felt like a lost cause. I'm going around about. Um, thanks for the late night, stroke early morning, stroke weekend crisis phone calls when you had to talk me down from the ledge again. Thank you for recommending people just do nothing on Netflix and letting me, letting me ponce off your Disney Plus account. <laughs> Thank you for dropping off a heater at my house in the dead of winter when it was bitterly cold. Thank you for the end-of-term gifts of various flavours of hot sauce. And thank you for being a founding member of the Blackly, uh, of the Black comically named Dead Dad Club. I think these guys are like Griefcast with Carrie Adelaide. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Despite being an English teacher, there's not enough hyperbole or superlatives in the world. Take care of that already tea-stained mug chat mug. Thank you for everything, Gadders. I just root for these guys. I, I root for these guys when I read out his email out the other week. I love these two. I do. I don't know. I, I just I see this as a friendship for the long haul. I'm kind of angry that they're, that they're going to be separated. I know. Like, why can't they just be together, like the friends be together? I know. Why must we all live so far apart from each other? I know. Why can't we all just live together? I'm sorry, I'm getting carried away. I wish you were allowed to um, use real music on podcasts because I'd start singing Carol King's You're So Far oh, Away. I love that song. Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? Oh, this this is a, this is a friendship built to last, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Distance is nothing to them. I mean, I hope not. Otherwise, I mean, what yeah. if by the time they hear this, they've cut each other dead? <laughs> That's it. Well, they still got to the end of term, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Well... Um, nice to nice to get that from the other side, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that in instantly was sent in, I think, before his, but she'd specified a later date. Ah. So it wasn't at, it wasn't in response to his. They both independently, which is really sweet. They both independently sent them in asking for different dates. So and I nice. think hers may have been slightly before. I can't quite remember. Oh God, I love these guys. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to know. I, I want the the next instalment of that. Mm -hmm. 
something I, I just got a feeling this isn't uh this isn't the fade into one of those sort of long distance friendships that no. slowly peters out. There's, there's... They'll end up together as friends somewhere else, I think. I hope so. You I don't mean so. another life, do you? No, 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 no. I definitely didn't mean that, no. There we go. Gadders, thank you for that. They're going to be so embarrassed by this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because they hate all the sincerity and stuff, <laughs> don't they? They hate it so much. I think they we might have killed, we've, we've killed the friendship stone dead. I think so. I think, yeah. I think we've made it too embarrassing for Yeah, them. we have. We oh, have. I hate we have. I know. Now. But what are we going to do? Like edit it out? Nah. Go back and do it again? Nah. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Just don't ever talk about it, which you're not going to. Yeah. Don't, don't look each other in the eye, which you're not going to. It's all going to be fine. Port protocol. Exactly. If you'd like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.